the commons offered pretty much all the same types of different benefits as you know our prior PEO did. Okay, so let me let me let me kind of uh, frame this a little bit differently. It feels then like you kind of work for someone else, like it would normally feel like if you had a mm-hmm. job. Yeah, but you don't. Right. Yeah. It's, it's you. <laughs> It's me, right? It's Peeps Democracy as my employer, but when it comes to doing all the admin, I get to pretend that Opolis is the employer, which is a right. nice way of doing it. Welcome to Opolis Public Radio, where we dig into how a rapidly changing world is impacting our lives and what we can do about it, with a focus on freelancing, finances, and the future of work. Hello, everyone. On this episode of Opolis Public Radio, we're going to dig into what it's like to be a member of the Opolis Employment Commons. We're going to talk a lot about decentralized autonomous organizations, or for the acronym nerds, the DAOs of our space, and the uh, the concept of peeps democracy. So joining me for this episode, I'm, I've got the pleasure and honor of having Bill Warren, the co-founder of Peeps Democracy, with me. Uh, Peeps is launching a new platform, Pool Party. We're going to talk about that, where DAOs meet DeFi. So with Pool Party, you'll save together for a shared goal and purpose, all while earning interest, a bunch of like governance components there. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Good to see you, Bill. Yeah. Thanks for having me, John. Okay. So Peeps Democracy is the original. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Pool Party's come out of that. So, um, so yeah. Being the co-founder of Peeps Democracy, why don't we start with that? So before your days of Peeps, you were, uh, you, well, we refer to you as a recovering attorney, I think we've agreed. Yep, that's right. <laughs> so tell, tell us a little bit about your sort of uh, entrance into blockchains and sort of the advent of Peeps. Yeah, yeah. So kind of like most people in this world, I'd heard of Bitcoin. Um, you know, and read, started reading about it while I was in law school uh, several years ago, but Bitcoin wasn't compelling to me <laughs> at all. Why not? Uh, uh, so just because it was like a digital form of gold. So I was like, okay, that's... You don't like gold? I'm, I'm not a gold guy, to be honest. I'm not, you know, it's, it's like, all right, this is just another commodity that people can trade and store wealth in. Like, good for good for them. Um, but it was reading the Ethereum white paper in 2015 where I was like, okay, now like blockchain is interesting because it's not just like digital gold that we can send to, from one person to another. It's any asset that we can program rules into and then have other rules for transferring it between people. And I was like, this is really going to be what like revolutionizes the financial system and governance so, and all of that. Okay. So when you first read the white paper in 2015, are you telling me that you actually understood it? I mean, I, I got the concept of like what the smart contracts were and like saw the beginnings of something like this is really going to revolutionize how we do finance um, for sure. Because I, w- I was kind of towards the end of law school and really kind of like a governance and um, technology and finance nerd. And so it was the first time where somebody had like talked about blockchain, but in a way that 
it, it touched my world and was doing something yeah. potentially cool for my world. You were out of the curve. Cause when I first read it, I also read it in, I think I actually saw it in 2014. Yeah. Like, like yeah, there was like an earlier version. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, interestingly, I had met um, Vitalik's father at an executive's retreat thing mm-hmm. in two, in like early 2014. And then we had kind of stayed friends. And I think I got, the first copy of it or the first copy that I saw was sometime like late in 2014. And I'll be honest, like if, if I look back at like my comprehension of, of like all things sort of blockchain web three, like I I didn't, I didn't get it. Like I thought, well, I, I, I just didn't get it. Like I, it didn't click for me. It took probably until mid 2016 to like get it and go, Oh yeah. Oh, Oh wait. Like, Oh, this is going to like change everything. <laughs> yeah. Whereas before, like, I think for me, it was more just, you know, Oh, it's in tech automation technology. Like, I, you know, I was sort of stuck in the, the, the startup founder. Yeah. Sort of like, Oh, well this is a new tech and we're going to like, get rich and create the next Uber on this thing. And it's like, (laughs) wait a minute, if this is successful, actually Uber goes away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure like anybody grasped it that deeply for me. It was, it was really focused on like smart contracts and that's like a misleading term because a smart contract isn't a contract necessarily. I've heard other attorney friends of mine say they're not smart and they're not really contracts. So (laughs) So I'd say they're smart. They're just not necessarily contracts. Um, but, but they're the not idea... smart in the kind. They're not smart like AI smart. I mean, they're they're no. smart. They're smart that they they can be programmed to have sort of binary outcomes and and yeah. sort of situational outcomes. But they're not really like human nuance smart. No, no. But in the law world, that's where like so much of the stuff doesn't really require AI smarts. And right. a lot of times, um, especially for big corporations, which, you know, I worked with quite a bit, there are people whose job it is just to like read these contracts that sit in a drawer and go, all right, this month we've got to pay this person this amount. And the fact that like now we're talking Ethereum and blockchain that this could all be done and both parties could see the code online and see how that money was being programmed and like program and conditions to it. Like for the law world and the contract world, that, that was just like the game changer of like, if people really use this. It it creates a level of transparency that like, um, well, even accountability, even like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it really, I mean, if you want to talk about human frailties and in, in, in yeah. law, right. And <laughs> paying or not paying obligations and, yep. and simplifying, you know, I guess, you know, the notion of becoming trustless where like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have to trust you to be able to, to pay, right. Whatever it is that you've obligated to pay, you know, that the contract actually acts as that non-human mm-hmm. intermediary that, is trustless. It doesn't need yeah. the permission from either party to do its job. It just does it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And that, that's really exciting. So you for, were in law, you were in law school when you first heard about this? Yeah, it was like at the end of law school. So 
I knew I was going to a big firm after that to do kind of like law and tech stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, But kind of like hearing about it and getting interested, you know, I like tried to teach myself solidity on the side and like followed the world. And then when I met Aaron Wright from Open Law, uh, we started, you know, talking about what became Peep's Democracy since he had been really thinking about like blockchain and politics for a while. Um, and that's shout when- out, Shout out to Aaron, by the way. Aaron, yeah. a, a trailblazer in, in a lot of respects in the legal world yep. of, of blockchains and whatnot. So- Yeah. Yeah. So that's where like the more we started talking about it, the more it was like, all right, this is this is worth leaving my highly overpaid law job to like go do and explore. Um, and out of that peeps democracy was born. So what, okay. So it's, it's worthwhile to leave your overpaid law job. What motivates you then? Like what's, what's your driving factor? Cause like, you know, it, it's an interesting thing. All the, the different characters that I meet in the blockchain mm-hmm. and, and web three space are, are very different than the characters that I've met in the, the, the tech startup space. Right. Yeah. Like it's, uh, you know, not that there aren't, maybe some Venn diagram overlaps or something, but like (laughs) it's, it's not generally the same persona. And I'm always really interested to know more about like why, right? Like what's your motivation? Like what's the thing that, that would cause a person to do that. Right. Cause like you could be, you could be stacking cash and buying Bitcoin and doing whatever (laughs) you want. Right. But like, but instead you're choosing to sort of like go down this path. So tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was like a combo of wanting to do something that created a net benefit for the world. Like as a lawyer advising startups and doing like tech deals, a lot of times I was moving money between like relatively wealthy, privileged people already. And that came with like some really kind of cool intellectual challenges and pieces but it wasn't very satisfying from like a end of the day, feel like I left the world a better place. You know, I I was fortunate that I never like had to work for big oil and protecting them against like lawsuits or anything, but it it wasn't (laughs) satisfying. So, you know, with peeps, I was really motivated by the prospect of creating something that could benefit people and really empower people to have more control over their own destinies and especially for communities to have more control over the community destiny and coordinate more effectively and in a trustless environment. Um, So it's that kind of like, you know, moral imperative with the added bonus of like, I think governance is cool. I think the tech and coding and solidity is cool. So I, I don't want to. You, know, you like, know how rare of a person it is to say, I think governance is cool. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is. But I mean, I don't it, want it, yeah, go ahead. I think like it's just like some moral mission that keeps me driven. The, the cool factor helps a lot. You know, I, well, and, you're, inter- uh, you're interested in the subject matter. And at the same time, it sounds like what you're saying is that, that there's actually some sort of human progress component to this that we can, yeah. you know. I mean, your your why is not that different than mine. I mean, I I, you know, I 
I could be doing a lot of other things that would be probably more economically rewarding in the, in the short term. <laughs> um, but I think, I think you're right that the convergence of when you mentioned the, you know, law, yep. finance and technology, when you look at the overlap of those three things and what web three really brings to sort mm-hmm. of the possibilities table, it's yeah. like a big deal. Like, yeah. And it's not like it's, it, well, let's put it this way. I think from my view, it's like there's like missing ingredients in a recipe, right? Like, so other startups that I've been a part of um, historically have, you know, it's like, well, you know, gosh, we're, we're going to end up like really centralized and highly controlling and this is going to happen and that's going to happen and all these problems are going to, there's, there's like these little missing links, right? Like even, even, you know, big quote success stories like Uber and Lyft, right? They're, they're, they're not really that sustainable, and the stakeholders or the shareholders are never going to own that, right? Like they're never going to say like, well, we could do this better. We could do yeah. it more democratically. We could do it more yeah. fair, right? Because that's not the game. That, that's a totally different thing. So I think it seems to me like this might actually be it. Do you think that Web3 is that thing? And that's really why you're doing this? Because it's it's really worth kind of stepping out to see what these possibilities are oh bill did we lose you all right well while we're uh talking about well while we're waiting for bill to jump back in it looks like we've lost him just for a minute um i'll go ahead and uh give some quick updates on this so everyone will be excited to know that our rewards program is on track to have the paper launched or distributed here probably sometime in early Q4. And then the actual program itself, we're slated to go live in Q4 or early Q1 of next year. So the rewards program is sort of a teaser, is going to be really a tokenization of the commons and one that will reward individuals for consumption in uh, for, for their membership. So it, it's it's, Quite, coming together quite well, the collaboration that we've had between the different parties has been amazing, frankly. So we've had experts from every corner of the community that you can think of contributing to this uh, rewards program to make sure that it's both sustainable, meaning that it's it's creating economic value and, and um, reasons for people to con- continue their uh, patronage of the commons, and then secondarily, it's, it's also um, got many different components of benevolence baked into it so that ultimately the commons never becomes hijacked or, you know, distorted in its purpose of providing the public good infrastructure of employment to its membership and individuals. Hey, Bill, it looks like you're hey. back. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, our, our Wi-Fi dropped. I think. Uh, well, you were like this. On- you were like. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Running away. <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa, hopefully there's no wildfires or anything. No, no, <laughs> we're, we're lucky here on the East Coast. What's the last part that you had kind of heard before your Wi-Fi uh, dropped? Just about the uh, the stakeholders, you know, and shareholders yeah. of Uber and Lyft, right? Are, well, they're governance issues, gonna... right? Yeah, it's a, it's right? a governance issue. I mean, if you want to look at it of purely from an economic standpoint, it's a game design issue. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Because they're, they just don't have the incentives to really care about anything else aside from what their economic interests are. And they're going to make the operational and economic decisions that benefit the shareholders, which is actually legally required anyway. So yeah. like it, it's a, it's a really interesting capitalism is a modern sport is a really interesting thing to unpack because, you know, everybody decries it for being evil. And, and when I look at it, I just say, well, it's just doing what it's designed to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the like highly shareholder focused capitalism that really came about since the seventies yeah, is, it... is like the particular problem. And that's, what's so cool about tokenization and some of the experiments we're seeing now with in the DAO space. It's like, we can with web three really expand to a true stakeholder capitalism where it's not like a B Corp that's still investor focused, but like, yeah, well, we'll also think about doing good. Right. You know, with, with a DAO or some sort of tokenized community or a you can have true, yeah. Or a co-op, right. You can have true stakeholder capitalism. Agreed. Everybody's incentivized. You know, actually, you know, what's really funny about my whole journey in this space is like the stakeholdership capitalism mm-hmm. is the most exciting thing to me. Yeah. Because what I, what I think is really interesting in today is binary political space is like we have, you know, you have, uh, frankly, a lot of people who are really ignorant about economics on all sides. <laughs> yep. and, and they don't understand game design or incentives. They're just sort of yeah. participating really unwittingly in these games, right? And whether you're yeah. an employee working for a corporation and you're, you're, or you're an Uber driver and you're whatever, it, or you're just a raging communist that believes that capitalism is intrinsically evil. Like, I think it's kind of all really interesting to watch. And, and like, I try yeah. to put all judgments aside on this because I think humans are actually really simple in that we just, we're just going to do what we're incentivized to do from a, ha- a hierarchy of needs. So yeah. sort of self-preservation, survival, you know, yeah. Economics and greed is certainly a dimension that's advented, I think much more over the past since the industrial revolution, frankly. Yeah. And sort of the, the the concentration of power in these large sort of monopoly type businesses like oil and steel and things like yep. that. But, you know, it's interesting to see the possibilities now, this multidimensional yeah. mm-hmm. deal and unpacking capitalism and just understanding how it works and then repacking it into the stakeholdership yeah. dynamics really only can work through tokenization. I'm not sure that there's yeah. another way to do it. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe there is, it'd just be highly inefficient. Right? It would be highly inefficient and it would be burdened by regulatory red tape in ways yeah. that I don't think would be tenable. Yeah. Right. Versus that's the glory of web three. Not only can you tokenize and kind of have new incentive mechanisms, but it can all be done transparently and the rules can be transparent. And you know, that, that, really opens up possibilities for communities to organize in new ways and also for societies to organize in new ways. Exactly. I mean, that, that there's the meat of it. Yeah. That, if we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Game over. Yep. So I was just, uh, while you were on your, your brief hiatus and with your uh, freeze man, 
uh, yeah um <laughs> i was i was sort of teasing to the community that we have uh the opolis commons token yeah. paper coming out um in probably late this month early next i mean it'll be early mm-hmm. q4 probably and then the actual um rewards program that this is geared around is going to go mm-hmm. into place probably sometime late this year early next it's most oh, likely cool. going to be first part of january but being a, a member of the commons yourself yeah um, you're going to be a, a large benefactor of this payroll mining um, yeah. <laughs> activity that we're doing. So that's actually what we're, we're calling um, the, the block rewards that come out of each payroll cycle will be called payroll mining. <laughs> I <And> like it. <laughs> they'll be, they'll be distri- the rewards will be distributed uh, to different you know, uh, stakeholders and contributors <laughs> to the value that gets yeah. sort of built into the ecosystem based on certain metrics. And, yeah. and um, there's going to be huge incentives to be early adopter of this. So congratulations yep. and good foresight. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, being part of the commons has been a great change. You know, one in that it hasn't felt like a change from our old payroll provider, which is exactly what you want. Right. When you're working on technology. <laughs> you, you don't want to be thinking about your payroll all right. the time. Um, but it's also been cool to be part of the community. I think, you know, it's Opolis and the Commons is just another good example of like how Web3 and the Ethereum space, especially, is just like very community focused. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm glad you feel that way. I mean, that's what we what we aim to design. So tell us where you came from. Tell us how you ended up here. Uh, you, you kind of did your th- thing in law, law school yep. and that and then you ended up at consensus and then yep. tell us about the advent of peeps and then sort of how you made your way to the commons yeah yeah so you know we ended up at consensus to build what was originally going to be like a political giving system that was going to be issues-based um and decentralized and the idea that the people who contribute to an issue would decide where the money went, like basically which politician got it. Um, It's a DAO (laughs) or a bunch of little DAOs. Right. What we figured out was, you know, given the craziness of all of this political cycle and where the Web3 community is, where the Web2 community is, DAOs for giving to politicians didn't work. Um, So we kind of quickly went back to the drawing board and said, you know, while DAOs don't seem to be working for giving to politicians like we originally hoped, there is kind of the rebirth of DAOs when it comes to issues or goal-based communities. And so we quickly built a product called PeepsDAO, which was Mm -hmm. just a DAO launcher focused on nonprofits and political orgs and and movements and have been running that for it launched in maybe like late March, early April, and has been much more successful than our original plans. Mm, that's um, good. Yeah. And and then with PeepsDAO, the couple things that we kept on hearing from people was, well, it'd be really great if we could do this in a more goal-based way because you know, people are used to the Kickstarter or Patreon model, like people get it. And we'd love for our DAOs to be a little bit more like that. 
And then the other thing that we started thinking about seeing kind of DeFi pick up was, you know, a lot of these DAOs, as they become successful, start sitting on a ton of money. And if you're a traditional like nonprofit or company or whatever, you know, all of that money accrues to the benefit of the nonprofit. You know, you as a donor or as a participant in the corporation really don't see a ton of benefit. But again, with the power of Web3, we said, well, this is a way where, you know, the stagnant money that sits in the DAO could earn interest and it's up to the individual whether they want to take that interest earnings out and give it back to themselves or give it to the DAO essentially to achieve its goals. And that was really the genesis of Pool Party where we're like, all right, let's combine DAOs. I love that name, by the way. I mean, it's yeah, so, thank you. It's so like perfect for like the DeFi nerd space and like yeah, but like make it kind of fun. Pool party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, we we want it to be fun because it at the end of the day, what we're doing is still like very focused on people getting together to do like cool stuff together um, as a collective and you know, most of the time that's, it's not like super serious when people are doing that. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, that's what I think is cool about all these experiments is, is, is it, it makes the sort of getting together and doing something purposeful together value driven too. Yeah. Cause I think up to this point, like you mentioned B Corps earlier, or, you know, you see a lot of foundations, not for profits, all this stuff in the blockchain space. And I, I think most of them missed it. I think, yeah, you know, I, it's like, you, you can't undermine the spirit of value creation yeah. with, your, with your legal entity, whatever that is. And, mm-hmm. you know, B Corps on the one hand don't really get there because it's sort of yeah. vir- virtue signaling <laughs> mostly. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and, and on the other hand of it, it it's, it's more like, well, we don't really care about profit. Right. And then if you don't care about profit, then I don't think you care about sustainability or you're depending on somebody else for your sustainability, which yeah. Then, creates another whole set of problems that, you know, foundations and things always have, which is, you know, where yep. are they going to get their funding? And it's in perpetuity, right? It's, yeah, it's never really solved. You never become self-sustaining as the group, right? It's always dependent yeah. on something else. So, yeah, that's great. I mean, um, so tell me, so you've been in the Dow space, Peeps uh, Democracy and then Pool Party came from this whole thing. What, what else about the DAO world is interesting to you right now? So, yeah, I mean, what, what got you, you know, obviously understanding smart contracts is one component of web three mm-hmm. and DAOs is a whole nother thing. How were you introduced to that? And then what is it that you see that's sort of evolving most interestingly or quickly, or what do you think the most impactful things are going to be in say yeah. the, next, the, the next chapter of this? Yeah. So, I mean, peeps democracy when we first started at consensus, we were still in kind of like the DAO hangover period where, you know, Aragon and DAO stack existed, but nobody was really talking about DAOs because. Oh, I remember. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Well, the DAO had a really bad stigma from the smart contract hack of the DAO. Right. DAOs were like, Oh, we're not doing any more of those. Yeah. Right. That's why we were originally calling it like, voting but to move money (laughs) and you know that that was where i got really interesting and i think uh, when moloch kind of launched it it really gave a kick in the butt back to the dow space people 
kind of finally realized again, like, oh yeah, you you can fix the smart contracts so that they're more secure, they're a lot simpler. And I think that's where a lot of the exciting stuff in the DAO space is happening. So, you know, Pool Party is built off of the Moloch DAO framework. Um, I work with DAO Stack, or not DAO Stack, sorry, DAO House quite a bit too um, and contribute to that. And that's also- A bunch of those guys are here in Colorado. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the the DAO House team, it seems to be like very Colorado-centric. Yeah, very popular, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is great, you know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah, they're great. Maybe that's why I like working with them because they've got a great attitude. Um, but I think what's happening with Dow House really bring together the Moloch Dow world and being that like single place to interact with all of your Moloch Dows is awesome. And then the most exciting thing coming kind of coming down the pike is the Moloch V3, which, you know, we're contributing to. And it's it's very Web3 in that it's like purely this emergent community project where a lot of different people like Peeps and Dow House and Open Law all realized like we've kind of reached the limits of the current Moloch Dow framework. So we started over and are creating like a much more modular uh, Moloch Dow and that should really kind of like open up the DAO space to even more use cases and customization while still keeping things like pretty simple. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for, you know, I think that is probably going to take another like three to six months to really kind of come together and finish the product. But once we get there, you know, I, I'm just really excited about the Moloch DAO world and all of the different communities being built up around it. Yeah, that's, it's really interesting because I remember when uh, Amin first announced the Moloch DAO right before, yeah. it was like right before December 2019. Yep. So, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting because, you know, my um, my critique of the DAO space was similar to what I how I would critique Microsoft Excel, which mm-hmm. is like... <laughs> you know, 95% of the features that you have, no one's ever going to use. And it was, yep. it, it seemed like it was more of a, an eye candy thing than actually really functional. Yeah. And over-engineered, right? So like, look, yeah. that's all really cool, but like, who's, who actually uses this? And the answer is nobody really. And um, outside of Web3 nerds, like literally no one. So, yeah. okay, like how do we make this more friendly to kind of move into this sort of regular world space and like make it actually adoptable for average people and usable. Like that's a big, I mean, we've been talking about, you know, usability for years and years and years (laughs) in the blockchain space. So this is a new, but it seems like that's sort of, um, that's, and I hadn't even heard of um, Moloch V3. I mean, I've been sort of with my head in the sand with COVID and some of this, (laughs) But like, um, yeah, that's great. I mean, I, this the usability and modularity, like where you can actually grab like, hey, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Don't need that. Don't need yep. that. Don't need that. Don't need that. Don't need that. But like, here's yeah. the we need. Zip it up so that you can do a rapid implementation and have a DAO up, stood up quickly so an average person can do it. That would That's really where we need to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's been a big focus of like Pool Party and DAO House as well. Right. It's just making making and keeping DAOs fun 
you know, I'm not sure we're going to cross the chasm to the pure web two folks until there's a really simple like on off ramp for crypto. That's not, you know, four ninety nine to move 10 bucks on chain. Right. But, you know, for the web three people who are natives, you know, having DAOs be fun and gamey is I think starting to break through to the yeah. non-governance nerds. Um, and with pool party, one of our hopes is because we're adding some DeFi and, you know, we're also thinking about a rewards token, you know, we're adding even more of that gamey element to DAOs so that there's one, no opportunity cost because you're earning interest on everything you put in a DAO. And two, you know, you're earning this rewards token that might evolve someday into like Some, a governance Something token. of value, yeah. Yeah. My prediction for this is if, if, if we are successful in sort of reorganizing capitalism, it's going to be because people play it because it feels like a game. Yeah. It's, you know, my contribution to Mm -hmm. a DAO or to an activity or to even a company who incorporates any of these concepts. Um, The value of these ecosystems or these efforts is going to be driven in real time by people doing certain things. And when rewards are distributed or tokens are distributed or whatever. It's, it's sort of what would normally feel like a stock distribution, but it's not right. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a digital asset that has some value or no value, but (laughs) there's there's like multidimensional components here. And like, I think that's really, I think the the gamification of commerce is really where this is going. And I think it's really interesting. I mean, whether they realize it or not, we already have game theory dynamics built into our commercial experiences. Yeah. But it just doesn't feel like a game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's usually gamified just to like optimize for the The shareholder extraction. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's really one-sided call it. I mean, I always use this example, but like, you know, there, there was a famous investor who put $10 million into Lyft and ultimately got a $1.3 billion return, something like that. Yeah. And the average Lyft driver doesn't make minimum wage per hour. And it's like, yeah, you know, like right? <laughs> there's all this value. Yeah. Lyft is worth billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. But the people who actually built the thing yep. don't get anything. Yeah. Which is, yeah. which is baffling to me in, in like, that we're in 2020 and we're still doing this. Like, yeah. and, and again, it's not to demonize this. The system did what it was designed to do. So it's, it's like, look, you can't, you know, don't cut your nose off to spite your face. I mean, we, there's, there's a lot of people who have, who have without the value distribution had life-changing experiences because of things like Uber and Lyft. Right. So there's lots yeah. of positive that's come out of it, but we need to advance past that. Right. Where it's yeah. like, okay, now, how do we really create trillion-dollar ecosystems? Yeah, yeah, and that, that are that's... really benevolent and sustainable by nature, and, yeah. and and that sort of do these kinds of interesting things. So, I, I yeah, I, I think we're moving in really interesting directions. So, yeah. uh, I'm excited to get you and your crews involved as we start. Yeah, uh, you know, taking these districts of the commons, right? Once we actually yep. get to some some level of size. 
there will be not not individual DAOs per se, but sub-districts to yep. the commons that will have their own governance. And that's going to be really fun to set up that, yeah. sort of, that suite of options where anybody could form one. If you're a member, you want to get other members, you could form your own sort of quasi-DAO, sub-DAO. Yeah and have your own little governance to vote it as a block or whatever it is that you want to do inside the main governance of the system. So that's going to be super fun. Yeah, that, that will be fun. We're already doing something like Dow house is a really interesting experiment because it's another one of those where it's a flat organization and it's just a bunch of contributors. And now we're, we're up to like six DAOs for the project (laughs) to govern like different parts. And I think that's the future and that's, Kind of like the Opolis strength is melding the uh, current state of the you know, payroll compliance. Yeah, with the well, it's the bridge. Like, yeah, it's the bridge. I mean, if you think about it, the economic engine of everybody's commercial experience is their payroll. Yep. So how do you how do you make that sort of compliant, but then give people this sort of fluidity and these options of sort of having having just more control over their their commercial decisions. So yeah. let, let, let's get into this. So we, uh, I'm going to remind the audience here, if you have any questions, feel free to put a question in the Q&A. Uh, we're going to wrap up here probably in just a few minutes, and then we're going to move into Q&A if there is any. And um, we'll do that live on air here. So yep. uh, the last thing I want to kind of touch on with you, Bill, is mm-hmm. your experience. Let's get more specific here. Like tactically speaking, you know, it's easy to say things like, well, you know, it's just easy not to forget or to deal with any of this. But yep. like your your experience of like having to, you know, how much interaction do you actually have to have with Opolis on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. So on a day-to-day basis, other than like chatting with Joshua on Telegram about non-Opolis stuff, <laughs> there's there's not much that I have to do day-to-day, you know. I, set and forget it, baby. Yeah, set and forget, you know, and it's every once in a while I go view the dashboard, I get the emails and check them every, you know, couple of weeks when payrolls run. And that's, that's the perfect amount of interaction with, you know, a payroll provider. For, for managing your, the administrative, you know, ugly underbelly of necessary evils. Yeah. I think yep. it's probably yeah. as little as possible. Right. Right. And so and that, that's been really t- good. Tell it, and uh, comment on, uh, you know, your experience with the quality of the health, the benefits offerings, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you're a, you're alive in the person in, in the flesh, you know, member, you know, yep. you're not, you're not a paid contributor. You're not anything. <laughs> oh, no. you're, you're, you're just a, a guy, con, you know, being a part of this community commons, like tell us yeah. about that. Yeah. So, for the health benefits, I, my wife works for a health tech company that offers insane benefits. So that's where I go for, for her. So, but so I, you got the health benefits through her, but then the, her. the payroll and everything else is... Yep. The payroll through Opolis. I also have like the life insurance and some of those other benefits that you know, we don't like to the optionals, think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, usually because they're like something bad happened to you. Right. Um, but that was like really easy to set up and you know make the selection and again like set it and forget it uh yeah i mean it's was there any was there anything that the was there anything that we didn't offer that you would have hoped that we would have or that the commons would have comprehensive no yeah it was very comprehensive you know i think the commons offered pretty much all the same types of different benefits as you know our prior peo did 
Okay, so let me let me let me kind of uh, frame this a little bit differently. It feels then like you kind of work for someone else, like it would normally feel, like if you had a mm-hmm. job. Yeah, but you don't. Right. Yeah. It's, it's you. <laughs> it's me. Right. It's Peeps Democracy is my employer, but when it comes to doing all the admin, I get to pretend that Opolis is the employer, which is a right. nice kind. Of, nice way of doing it you know well it's a shared services stack yeah. right so like the idea is to n- not have some you know uh centralized third party with some other interests right? right yep aside from just providing infrastructural support for individuals in the world of employment like we i i, I lovingly refer to it as a quasi public utility infrastructure yeah for employment <laughs> right like that's right yeah, but it's also going to distribute value back to its contributors, right? So it's not right. a not-for-profit, yeah. which is why I say it's quasi-public utility infrastructure. Yeah. Because it, it is a for-profit deal, except that it's for the profit of the membership. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like a much more cooperative capitalism type setup. And, and that's really cool. And an added benefit for anybody looking for, you know, a payroll provider solution, especially if you're a small company or an independent person. Um, because yeah, like there, there are other places where you could just kind of set it and forget it, but you're not gonna, <laughs> there's no tokenization coming down the pipeline for right. those for yeah, sure. <laughs> you're certainly never going to share in their, you know, the aggregate no. value creation of their ecosystem. You know, you're no, no that's, that's definitely not happening. Yeah. That's like a hard pass. No, that's (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Well, great. That's fabulous. So um, what's next for pool party or what, what, what are the goals? What, how can we help? Yeah. So pool party is launching as soon as possible. Uh, Probably reasonably next week we'll have our alpha up on mainnet. Um, Might be the week after if I run into a bug or something, but you know, we're just cleaning up the front end and making sure it looks pretty and works well at the moment. Um, and then from there, you know, we're focused on two big things for pool party. One is reducing gas costs because we want people to be able to yeah. use it <laughs> easily. Yeah, right now, right now it's, it's pretty tough. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, you know, just making it easier in terms of UI for cross-contract and cross-platform cooperation and iteration, you know, like too much DAOs have operated in kind of like their own little DAO bubble. Their little vacuum, yeah. And they're not, they're not not interoperable. Yep. Yeah. So we're focused on interoperability, which is also kind of like a DAO house focus and raid guild are all focused on like, creating easy UI for cross-platform interoperability. And so that those are the two things that will also be coming down the pipeline, along with the party rewards token, which will be a cool way of starting to, like, seed the community and figure out, like, how, how we can be a community-driven project, which is the end goal, because, you know, it, it'd be a little oxymoronic to say, like, we're an application focused completely on community, but we're highly centralized and we make, like I make all the decisions. That's, that's not what we want to be. And that's not our values. Yeah. I understand that too. I mean, uh, 
with the commons, we, we sort of run into that every, every now and again, yeah. we've, we've set some thresholds for sort of the decentralization of decision-making yep. based on yeah. sustainability and numbers and things. Cause you, if, yeah. you do it too, if you do it too early, you know, yeah, it, a, a crowd of, dis, of disparate views is not going to make any decisions that are going to really no. help advance anything. So yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's a tricky thing, but yeah, no, good luck with that. I'm going to yeah, put we're out also another focused on uh, progressive decentralization. That's definitely the way. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I remember talking to Joe Lubin back in 2017 and he had told me, he's like, you know, Hey, we, we just really focus on full DAP, you know, projects, you know? And, yeah. And this was sort of their way of telling us that they, we weren't going to be doing a spoke thing, which, you know, in hindsight, yeah. I think it was really good for us to not do it, but you know, I admire a lot of the work that they did and, and a lot of oh. the experimentation they did because I think it led us, even him, mm-hmm. to a place where it's like, well, this uh, this this full DAP thing, I don't think really works right out the gate, right? Yeah. <laughs> we've right. got to do something a little bit more sort of progressive. So yep. the, de- the decentralization quotient and like all these other things that are kind of popping around. Yeah, yeah I, think it's, I think it's the right strategy. Yep. I think without the uh, the sort of ex the the orbital sort of inertia where you can kind of get out into the yep. stratosphere without that, <laughs> that's like, right. I don't think you're. I don't think anybody can do it without being yeah. right. In, yeah. in, in some fashion. Yeah, yeah. You need kind of like that early centralization to push you towards decentralization. Otherwise, you're right. Like the the orbital escape is the right. Yeah, it doesn't work. Analogy. Well, but <laughs> yeah. the, the one thing that I, I, I really urge people to think about, though, is like the traditional centralized early incubation, when they look for money, it's challenging because they go to the centralized VCs who then have their own agenda. Yeah. Yep. And, and then sort of the, the benevolence of the thing sort of gets messed up a little bit. Yep, that is. So, so I think that's, that's the trick. You know, how do you maintain early stage centralization, but also the benevolence, right? Yeah. And, and then as you grow, making sure that benevolence stays in place is really the yep. key. And the, yeah. that's where we found help in the legal framework. Yeah. And, and not B Corp. Like originally I thought that, but then as you get into it, it's like, mm, it yeah, work. it doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. B Corps were well-intentioned, but not much they're more. Very well-intentioned. And I think they're great for maybe even ESOPs or something that, mm-hmm. that have like, you know, some decentralization to them. Yeah. Um, and some virtue signaling needs, you know, where they really want to be, you know, sort of signaling their businesses about some particular goal. Yeah. But I think in the end, it, it, it sort of falls a little bit short. So yeah. one last one last call, final call for Q&A for questions for Bill and I. And I'm just going to keep talking and, and see if anything pops in here. <laughs> if not, then uh, we'll go ahead and sign off here in just a minute. Um, is there anything else that's on your mind? Any anything that that sort of perked your interest recently? Anything else? I mean, outside of the yeah. DAO space and the you know sort of uh, peeps democracy world? Yeah. So I think the one thing that I should mention, and given all like the DeFi hype right now, is you know we're we're definitely focused on doing a much more kind of like responsible DeFi. Good you know, for you. That's why it's you know, put your money into a pool party. It's goal focused. It's not about just earning interest or arbitraging. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, if you really want to do like a DeFi investment club with the pool party, that's a great use case, but you know, it, it'll at least be very community driven. Um, and, you know, I, I think, and I hope that the DeFi space will get a little bit more responsible and focus on creating real value mm. uh, rather than, you know, we're, we're kind of, the crazy experiments that that have yeah. you know uh, appealing food names right yeah and i think the novelty of like a bunch of fast copycat food apps has started to wear off it's like all right well I- yeah i think after uh, after enough people kind of get burned on these things i mean yeah. this reminds me of a different flavor of 2017 sort of ICO yep. stuff where it's like, yeah, you know, look at the end of the day, if all you're trying to do is just give me the money, show me the money. Right. <laughs> and there, and you're not building any, anything of real commercial value as yep. far as metrics or business or engagement or members, yep. customers, whatever. If you're not building something sustainable, it's not sustainable. Yeah, or you're That's just, just the like way a I Wall got... Street firm. <laughs> you know? or, or, or you're just a new version of sort of like, high, you know, high velocity arbitrage. Yeah. And, you know, what value does that actually create I, though? And, and I would argue yeah. the same thing about Wall Street trading desks. Like, I, I you know, I've, I've got some good friends that are in commodities training and, and, you know, they do really well for themselves. But like, you know, at the end of my life, I don't want to be just be known for that like that seems really yeah. boring to me like what vet you know did i <laughs> yep. leave it better than i found it and i don't know yeah. you know maybe again no judgments just go do your yeah. thing but like to but, me you know the, the the essence of life is really getting involved in this kind of stuff so yeah yeah and you know i think most people got excited in web3 because it was supposed to be new and different from the old system and you know we don't want DeFi to just be Wall, you know, swap JP Morgan for food name. <laughs> and yeah, that's, no, that's I, the yeah, new I, I totally finance. agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Bill, it's been a pleasure. I yeah. really appreciate everything you're doing in the space. Yes, uh, same you know, pressure. I I appreciate your sort of authenticity and your heart for the space. Like it's it's just it it shows you're you're Thank one you. of the, you're you're one of the 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 good guys in the space. So <laughs> we we appreciate yeah. you and and we're we're also glad to have you as a yeah. member of the commons alongside us. So like, uh, yeah. it's, it's great. And, um, we will look forward to seeing uh pool party launched. And, yep. uh, if you want to distribute to us the, the launch information when it comes, we'd love to distribute to, to our folks as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, any way we can be of service to you, uh, we'll just let us know. We'll appreciate yeah. Yeah. We appreciate you, man. Same goes for me. Big fan of the Opolis community and common. So always glad to help. And it's always great to chat with you. Well, we'll be in touch on that front. I'm sure there's going to be plenty that we'll need your expertise on. Um, as you know, we have a very, very sophisticated multi-layer cake here yep. that we're building. So <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, we appreciate you. Take care, everybody. Have yep. a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you liked the episode. If you did, please leave us a rating or review and don't forget to subscribe. See you next time.